Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. I want to say welcome to you here in Cambridge. Welcome to you online from maybe Australia or Bulgaria or Chile. Chile, apparently that's how you're supposed to say it. Or Asia, we've had people from all over the world watching our services online. So you are really, really welcome. Welcome also to anyone in Berry as well. Can we just give them a round of applause? Anyone who's joining us remotely, you're really, really welcome. Well, we are concluding our series today on the, the Holy Spirit, living a life of supernatural. But that doesn't mean to say that we've finished talking about the Holy Spirit or that we've concluding everything that we could possibly know about the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's really a catalyst for us to increase and to know more and to live in that strength of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the more we think about the Holy Spirit, the more we realize we really need him. And I wonder whether we can just pray together right now. We're going to say a very simple prayer, but let's just reach our hearts to him and say, come Holy Spirit, come and be present with us, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our theme is the mission of the Holy Spirit, the mission of the Holy Spirit. That was my title that I was given, which I've tweaked because I'm actually going to go and change my title and say, we don't have to do this in our own strengths. We don't have to do this in our own strengths. We don't have to do life in our own strengths. We don't have to do mission in our own strengths. We don't have to do parenting in our own strengths. We don't have to do our workplace in our own strengths. We don't have to live in our own strengths, but so often we do. So often we fall into thinking that we've got to do it all, we've got to be it all, we've got to prove it all, but actually God says you don't have to do it all in your own strength. He has given his Holy Spirit. And you know, I've kind of got a bit of a revelation this week, and if you're following the new version notes, we're going to jump right through to, I've listed there lots of different aspects of the Holy Spirit and things that we can learn about him. But actually, I'm going to jump to, the, to number six, if you are following along, because actually one of the grand revelations I got this week, in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the sickness, in the midst of making extra meals for family members that were ill, in the midst of going to the doctors and saying your blood pressure's a bit high, in the midst of all that, God has been speaking and God has brought revelation. You see, he brings the battle as well as the blessing at the same time. I always thought that you had a season of battle and then it stopped and then you had a season of blessing. But uh, the older I'm getting, I'm realizing that the two walk hand in hand and you have to actually balance the two together and actually be faithful to God in both seasons, both times, in both aspects. But this week, God revealed to me that Jesus made a promise when he left this earth. He said when he left this earth, he said to his disciples, go to the upper room, wait for me, and there's a promise that the Holy Spirit will come to you. So he went up to heaven and sent down his Holy Spirit. 
He went up to heaven, was glorified, sat at the right hand of the Father, seated in the highest place, and he sent down the Holy Spirit. So every single time we sense the Holy Spirit, we can be confident that Jesus is sitting in the right hand of the Father. We can be confident he is who he said he was. He has done what he said he was going to do. He has fulfilled his promise to us. He has gone up and the Holy Spirit has come down. Every single time you ask for the Holy Spirit and you receive that sense of comfort, encouragement, power, whatever it is, it brings many different aspects to us. It confirms to us again, Jesus is glorified and he is who he says he is. You see, when Jesus is glorified, the Holy Spirit is given. You're not sensing the worship this morning. As Jesus was glorified, as we lift his name on high, as we put him on a place higher than all other places, as we put him in our minds higher than anything else, that's when we sense his Holy Spirit comes. When he is glorified, the Holy Spirit works amongst us. It's not when we're glorified. You see, we get in the way sometimes, but it's when Jesus is glorified. That's when the Holy Spirit comes. You know, as a family, we've always taught our kids that when they go away from us and encourage them, they're at the age now, we can't tell them what to do, but encourage them if they go somewhere, please can you text us to tell us that you've got there safely. I mean, that's something that we did when, uh, when we were um, growing up, <laughs> now that we're older now. But actually, even on our honeymoon, Steve and I, we got all the way to Cornwall, and it's such a long way from the Wirral, we'd never been that far away before. <laughs> we had to find the phone box in those days. We had to find the phone box, find the coins, and ring up his mum and dad and say, we've got here, it's fine, and we, we are okay. Now, if they're just going to Tesco's, it's okay. We don't expect them to text us to say that we've got to Tesco's. But if they're going to Ireland, for say, I mean, Ireland, they're off to Ireland every now and again, or Bradford, I mean, they've got to let us know that they're safe. Jesus sending his Holy Spirit is like sending the equivalent of the text. It's okay, guys. I've got here. I'm here. I'm arrived. I'm safe. All is well. So that is his text to us, the Holy Spirit with us. You know, I want us to deep, deep dive into the Holy Spirit today. I'd love, I kinda, I'm, I'm a cross between a teacher and a preacher, and I kind of come between the two. And I'd love to teach, but also I know I've got a short, limited time. So actually, I'm going to do a lot more preaching than I am teaching. But there is so much depth and so much more that we could find out about the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives and through us. But what I'm going to look at, and it's always going to be a good thing, I'm going to look at the life of Jesus and how Jesus was dependent on the Holy Spirit and the relationship between the Holy Spirit and Jesus here on the earth. So I'm going to look at some passages in Luke um, chapter 4. You see, Jesus was led from Jordan and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of time, he was hungry. So that's for over a month, like nearly six weeks, Jesus was in the wilderness, and he was confronted by the enemy. Have we got the verses up there? Yeah. And the enemy said to him, come and, uh, let me find my verses here, if you are the son of God, 
Command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So he was led by the Holy Spirit to a place, a wilderness, a desert place, which isn't necessarily negative in its, in its, we often think of a wilderness being a negative time. It's not necessarily a negative place because he was led by the Holy Spirit there. But it was a testing of Jesus. It was a time of testing. You see, when you have a test, and I want you young people to understand this, when your teacher gives you a test, it's because they want you to pass it. They don't want you to fail it. They want you to pass it so they can take you to the next stage and take you to the next step. God took Jesus into, led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness because he was going to test him to see actually if he could pass that test and go on to the next stage. The enemy, however, tempted Jesus. And when you're tempted, that's because he wanted Jesus to fail. Devil wanted him to fail these tests. God wanted him to succeed in these tests. So the first test that he put to him, he was hungry. Why don't you change these stones and change them into bread? Seems perfectly sensible to me. If I had not been eating for six weeks, I'd be probably tempted to change the stones and make them into bread. What's wrong with that? I mean, he was hungry. It was, he had physical needs. He had a physical body. Why was that such a big deal? You see, it was a big, such a big deal because it wasn't just that the enemy could test him and, and tempt him about changing it into bread. Not so much thinking, is your physical needs more important than your spiritual needs? But he was also challenging him on his self-identity. He said, remember at the beginning, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. The real temptation was to say, am I really the Son of God? If you are, prove yourself to me. Prove yourself to yourself that you can do a miracle and you can provide for yourself. Go on, prove it. Prove it who you are. You know, if you are, in, are secure in your identity, the, the identity, you do not have to prove yourself to anyone. And these testings and temptations of Jesus are things that come to us as well. If they were relevant for Jesus, I reckon they were re they're relevant for us. I reckon that these temptations come at us time and time again. I don't know about you, but for me, the devil tries this one on me over and over again. If you are who you say you are, why are you feeling so fearful? Why aren't you doing, why don't you prove yourself? But you know, I've learned over the years, something called Life Thrive has helped me in this. And some of you may know that I am now a, a trained kind of coach and counselor on that, but this life thrive is part of psychology that actually helped me to see that God has made me uniquely and that I have distinct skills and giftings in the same way that you do. And that's not what makes me deserving. I happen to have different skills than many of you in the room or some of you in the room. Same with you. That's not what makes me deserving of love though. This isn't my proof that I am lovable. 
It's only a strong indication of how he has made me and wants me to display his reflection on the earth because I'm made in his image. And if I become more fully me, I reflect him more fully here on the earth. And I become more secure in what he's done in me, I become a better reflection of his image here. You know, when we have low self-esteem, we feel rubbish about ourselves and we are hard to be around. We drain the life out of the people around us. We kind of have an attitude of, how dare they be happy when I'm struggling? We try to bring people down to our level of unhappiness, as if we're looking for everyone else to tell us we have value and worth. We sometimes even get confused with our roles and our identity in life. Imagine you went to a church where they played the organ, and there was a lady called Mildred who played the organ. And she played the organ for 95 years, and she was still there on the organ. Every Sunday, she's the one that played the organ. Imagine the day coming when the, the vicar or the minister goes up to them and says, actually, I think, Mildred, it's time for you to stop playing the organ. I can imagine Mildred being very, very upset about that idea if she'd got mixed up her role with her identity. The role she played was playing the organ, but identity was not an organist. Identity is wrapped up in who she is in Christ, not in what the role that she plays. But her identity is in her heritage. The reality is that God has picked you and he's picked me, and we are his dearly beloved children. As Jesus rebuked the enemy by declaring the word of God against the enemy, so we can declare. We, he has given us the right to become children of God. We are beloved. I love that worship song that we've been singing about being children of God because that is the truth. We are children of God and that is our identity. That is what we can rest on. You know, the Holy Spirit even plays a part in confirming with our spirit. It says in Romans 8, the Spirit confirms with our spirit again that we can say, Abba, Father, that we are children of God. If you're wavering and wondering about your identity, call on the Holy Spirit again to help you to remember, to remind you that you are a child of God. The Holy, the Holy Spirit reminds our spirit that we are his children. We are his beloved children. You know, you don't have to do this in your own strength. You don't have to do this in your own strength. Jesus didn't have to do it in his own strength. He had something inside of him of a resolve that enabled him to get through those tests. What did he say? He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. He knew what the word, what God was saying about him. In fact, he'd been baptized earlier and out of, the, out of the sky came the voice of God saying to him, the Father God, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He just heard it with his own ears. He'd heard that declaration. He knew who he was and he used the word of God against the enemy to say, Get thee behind me. A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You see, the word of God is a life source. The word of God is where you get your life and where you get your hope and where you get your strength from. Jesus knew that. The word of God is just, it's not, 
It's not small, it's, it's gushing. It's like a river, it's like a fountain that keeps on growing, that's a, a life source. And he's saying, my life source is in not what you're saying. My life source is what God is telling me. And God is telling me that I am a child of God. I am the son of God. I am here on a mission. What is your life source? What is your life source? I really encourage you and encourage you young people to learn some scripture, some learn some verses that you can use when the enemy comes and comes to tempt you and to test you. And he comes and actually speaks against who you are speaks against who your, what your identity is. That you can actually not have to prove yourself, but you can actually know what your identity is. One of my verses that I often quote to the enemy and I quote to myself is, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Jesus' perfect love casts out any fear because fear has to do with punishment. But love doesn't have to do with punishment. Perfect love casts out fear. What's on your inside? Get some scripture inside you. Get some word inside you that you've got some things that you can use as a sword against the enemy, that you can bring against him, that you can speak and say, as Jesus said, it is written, it is written. Do not come to me with that one any longer. The next thing the devil did is he took him to a high place and he, said, he took him to the, show him all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus was quoting from Deuteronomy. Maybe he'd been studying that at the time. It was when Moses had been speaking to the Israelites in the wilderness. And it was a sense of saying, Beware that you don't forget the Lord when you get all the things in life that you're looking for and long for. Moses was telling the people because they were, they were not worshipping God, they were forgetting who their source was, who their provider was, what they've been moved out from, and they were looking to worship other things. But the devil said to Jesus, he come and I'll give you all this authority. You see, even, even that was a lie. Even that was a challenge because Jesus had been sent to earth to be given all authority and all power and all influence to be over the enemy in all things. But the enemy was coming to him, tempting to say, if you bow down to me, if you worship me, I'll give it you all now. Don't, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait and do all that stuff, you know, and do all the things that the Father's got planned for you. You don't have to go to the cross. Just bow down and, and come. I've got you a shortcut. Don't, don't worry about all those things. Come and worship me. And you can have it now. It's all yours. You can have it right now. Just have all the authority, all power. I'll give it to you. Jesus again said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There is a temptation in life to take the shortcut. There's a temptation in life to move so fast, so quick, to taste a fast track. I wonder at times if our accomplishments sometimes can get in the way of us neglecting God's word and God's ways. And they can become a trap in themselves. It has authority and splendor and power. It has an allure all of its own. It entices and it wants you to be involved in it. But we can get to the point, if we do it all in our own strength and go to the voice of 
wanting it more and bigger and better, and not worshiping God and centering him in the middle of our lives, then it can all become about arrogance and it all can become about ourselves. A little whisper be in our heads, don't do the right thing, that's the slow way. Come on, I'll make it quicker for you. You may lose your heart for worship. You may lose your, become self-sufficient and you might lose your integrity, but don't worry about that. You deserve it after all. Come my way and just keep on moving forward without acknowledging who God is. That was the test. That was the temptation. Was Jesus going to take the shortcut? But what he used against that lie was the truth of the word saying, worship the Lord your God and serve him only, not serve myself. The final one was when he was challenged what he was going to doubt God. He brought him to Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here for it is written, he will give you angels a charge over you to keep you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to them, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. If you are the son of God, there it is, it comes again. If you are the son of God, throw yourself from down from here. The angels will catch you. Go on, try it. He's going to let you down. The father God, he's not going to catch you. He says that he will. But go on, test him out. Try it out. Prove it. See if God can prove himself to you. Try him out. But Jesus answered, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, he was quoting from Deuteronomy. He was quoting what was happening with the Israelites. They had actually got to a place and there was no water and they started complaining and they said, is the Lord amongst us? Is he actually here with us? You've taken us out of Egypt and you've brought us to this place and now we've got no water. And Jesus was saying, I don't want to be like those Israelites. You're gonna, you tried it on the Israelites, you're trying it on me, but you shall not tempt the Lord your God. I'm not gonna go down that way and say that God is not gonna provide for me, but I am secure that my God will provide all that I, I need. I am secure in God the Father. I am secure that I am the Son of God, and you will not tempt me, and you will not succeed over me. You see, the devil was looking for weaknesses and frailties inside in the internal of Jesus. But what did Jesus have inside him that was a strength? He had the word of God. He had a word that he could speak, that he knew what had happened in the past, and he knew his, the, the enemy has no new games. You see, the enemy has no new games. He has nothing new. He tries these things on us. He tries us about our identity. He tries us on about who will we worship. He tries us on, do we trust that God will provide? He still tries those same things on us and puts some whispers in our hearts and minds. You see, if we trust that God will provide, then we will be generous people because we know our source is from God. If we, th we trust him with provision, then being generous is not a problem because we know there's more where that came from. If we trust him that he will actually give and keep his word, then we will live in faith and we will live in freedom. If we trust that he said we are children of God and we live in that identity, then we will become free people, free and relaxed 
around people and around ourselves because we know that he is true. Trying to prove yourself all the time is exhausting, but knowing who you are in God is liberating and can bring a freedom. What it is to be speaking against the enemy as he comes against us. We have got the word of God. I wonder what we're going to listen to. Are we going to listen to a devil that says, God can't really be trusted. He'll let you down. He won't provide for you. Or are we going to listen to, no weapon formed against me will prosper. My God will meet all my needs according to his riches in glory. His perfect love over my life casts out all fear. I trust in Jesus' love because he died for me. I know that all things work together for good for those who love God, those who are called to his purpose. I know that he has plans for me, plans that will prosper me, not to do me any harm. I know that God is with me and I know that God is for me. And this is the word that I'm going to speak against those lies that come against me because come against them he will try. You see, he came against Jesus and he came to try and thwart him and to stop him. But you know, from that time when Jesus then left the wilderness, he went led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Then it says he left the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna to have to go through some wilderness times and go through some challenges because we're gonna want to push through to the other side to find that actually we are secure in who we are in Christ. We know who we are. We know where our authority lines. We know that we need to respect the authority above us. In fact, to have authority, you have to respect the authority that's over you. And that we can walk in his authority. We can walk in the authority that's in this church because we're under the leadership of this church. We're under our different leaders in the different, church, in different areas of, of the church. We have to be under authority in order to walk in authority. We can be confident in that, that we can walk out in the power of the Holy Spirit because we know who we are. We know who we worship. We know where our life source is and we are secure in that. And God will minister to us and bring us his Holy Spirit and bring his power. You know, God doesn't give anointing and power to those who are cynical or those who are unfaithful. He anoints those who are prepared to do the task with him, who are on the journey with him. And he brings his anointing to us to give us the power to be his witnesses. Jesus went from that place and he went to the synagogue and he opened the scroll from Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach to gospel to the poor, anointed me, somebody has described it as smeared me with grace. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is Jesus' mission. He went from a place of wilderness, of testings and temptation. He passed the tests with flying colors and he came into the synagogue and said, this is my mission, this is what I'm here for and this is what I'm gonna do from this day forward. And you know, 
People of God, that's what the Holy Spirit says to us. That's what he says to us today. Go and make disciples. Go and tell, go out to this world, make disciples. Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I will be with you. We are being called into the mission of Jesus. We've been called into his mission by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we will be his witnesses in this, in this world, in this place. You know, it seems incredible what Jesus did, but Jesus was a man in the same way that he had humanity, in the same way that we have, and he needed the Holy Spirit in order to be that witness, in order to walk through. He needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Remember, when he's glorified, the Holy Spirit comes, and he comes to bring where witness of who Jesus is. There's a two-way relationship going there. You know, this morning, I really would love us to enter in to what God has for us, what his Holy Spirit has for us. I really want us to enter in that sense of the power of the Holy Spirit, that we will receive that today again from him. We're going to sing a song shortly, and God is going to really minister to us, I believe, this morning, because, you know, we can't keep this to ourselves. A real revelation that God wants me on the inside track on this was when I went to college. I went to teacher training college many years ago. And I was there wanting to find the most gregarious person that I could find, because in school I had friends who were introverted. I went to college and I'm first night that I got there, they said, we, we all go out to the pub. And they played some jokes on us and they said, one of the rules of living at this hall, you have to all go to church on a Sunday. And we all went off to the pub and can imagine some of the horrors, the, some of the people like, that's ridiculous, they can't make us go to church. So I found the noisiest, the most antagonistic, the most upset person that was so vocal about the fact that they didn't want to go to church. And you know what I said? Well, if anybody wants to come this Sunday, I'm going if anybody wants to come with me. I did it in a big gulp. I wasn't as big and brave as I am now, but I did it. I thought, I'm going to have to do it and colours, pin my colours to the mast at the beginning. When you go to uni, when you go to a new workplace, when you go somewhere new, I'd encourage you to pin your colours to the mast at the beginning because it's so hard to do, harder to do later on. So I pinned my colours to the mast and I said, well, I'm going to church Sunday. Anyone who would come? That started a journey with three girls. They ended up living with them for three years, three non-Christian girls and myself. Over the years, I spoke to them, they asked questions, I taught things from the Bible, I showed them things, they asked more, they challenged me, they mocked me, they watched me. And after three years, there was a meeting going on in Birkenhead, Birkenhead, as it is really called. And there was a meeting happening there and I thought, I'm going to ask them to come. You see, if we can do nothing else, we can pray and we can invite. I'd prayed for years for them. I invited them to this meeting. And at the end of that meeting, there was an appeal. And the two girls put their hands up with tears and hugs and cries. They said, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. That night we hugged. I know, it was amazing. It was amazing. And 
that night, one of them said to me, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't understand. And then she'd been in the presence of God. She'd heard the word. And the light was switched on. And she ended up marrying a guy, both Christians, and raising a Christian family. And both girls have gone on right. But you know, the power of the Holy Spirit is in us to witness. It's not for us to be have a nice feeling or to us to have fuzzy feelings. It's us to witness. He calls us into his mission. He calls and says, you're part of this. How can we not tell other people? Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.